to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today show, brought to you in part by the good folks at Galls. That's G-A-L-L-S dot com. They've been taking care of first responders, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, uh, their family members, active, retired, like all kinds of gear. They've been doing it for 50 years. Their selection is incredible. They got something for everyone, including people who aren't law enforcement people, clothing, outerwear, boots, you name it, they've got it. Their customer service is unbelievable. Check them out online at galls.com. Coming up in the show, we're going to be talking with James Gaffney, who's uh, from the New York metro area. He's a police officer, and he is a professor and also an expert on use of force and also active shooters, uh, what the media calls school shooters, those sort of things, very much in the news. And we'll be talking to him a little later on. Right now, I'm very happy to introduce you to Austin Glickman. Austin, thanks so much for calling in. Hey, thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, it's good to have you on as a guest. Austin, by the way, is a member of the New York City Police Department. And uh, in addition to doing police work, which we'll talk about his police career a little bit later on, uh, he's also actively involved in something away from the agency, which I think is a really noble cause. And what is that called? That is Law Enforcement Officers Weekend. All right. That's uh, a website address for Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is what? www.leoweekend.com. Now, this, I believe, is your second Law Enforcement Officers Weekend coming up. That's correct. Uh, it will, will be June 15th through the 17th, hosted in Lake George, New York. I've never been to Lake George. I, I was close to it once. I didn't make it there. I've heard it is just a gorgeous area. Is that true? Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, Lake George is known as the queen of the American lakes. And it is stunning up there. And there is something to do for everyone of all ages. And whereabouts is Lake George? What's this close to? Lake George is about an hour away north of Albany. So it's uh, pretty accessible to anybody in New England, even the Mid-Atlantic. might be a bit of a drive where you can fly into Albany and then head over to the LEO weekend. This is June 15th through the 17th. That's also Father's Day weekend, isn't it? That's correct. Was that done on purpose or just the, the way, the, the luck of the draw? Well, kind of a little mix of both. Because Lake George is such a popular tourist attraction, they have events that occur almost every single weekend. And when we were looking for our next event from last year, uh, we saw that Father's Day weekend was available. And we decided to jump on it because it, we figured it would be a great time for the family to get away from all the stress that's occurring back at home from being a law enforcement officer. So it, it works perfectly. And there's a tremendous amount of stress related with law enforcement nowadays. For New York Police Department, I'm sure, where I was in Baltimore, is very stressful. And at small agencies, big agencies, state, county, city, it doesn't seem to matter. The stress level seems to be through the roof. Yeah, it, it sure doesn't matter. And we have... Uh, representatives from every single agency from across uh, the United States that, that come to, to this weekend. 
we have uh, members of all ranks, whether they be a chief or a probationary uh, law enforcement officer. They've come to Law Enforcement Officers Weekend, and they've absolutely loved it. What is the overall purpose of the Law Enforcement Officers Weekend? So Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is a three-day event, again, in Lake George, New York, that allows the attendees, whether they're active or retired law enforcement officers, including their uh, family and friends, to get away from the day-to-day stress that they receive from their uh, home agencies. It allows them to participate in competitions. We host a seminar series of uh, experts of all different fields that deal with law enforcement. They have paintball and fishing and a shooting competition. There will be a car show and there is a boat cruise, vendors, memorial service, a 5K run, and so many more activities where it really allows the attendees to relax and have fun and get away, again, from all the stress that they occur on a daily basis. So I'm sure people can find all the details online at leoweekend.com. It sounds like you've got a ton of events. There's not, no more room for anything else, is there? No, this this weekend is jam-packed with events, and I can't even list all of them because we would be here talking for an hour. Uh, and the great thing about LEO Weekend is that whether you want to participate in the events or not, it's completely up to you. You can come to Lake George, you can register with LEO Weekend, and you can pick and choose what events you want to go to. It's actually impossible to go to all the events because some of them overlap each other. And we've done that on purpose to give the attendees the best experience possible where they can decide which events cater to them the best or their family members uh, and or they can decide to not attend any of the events and just come to the social gatherings and make their own special weekend out of uh, out of the event itself. What a great idea. And I understand you also are doing something special for members of fallen officers families. Right. So we are a registered 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, And what we do is, besides putting on this event, we raise money throughout the year to bring the families of fallen law enforcement officers to the event for an all-expenses-paid vacation. And this year, we are ecstatic to be able to say that we will be hosting the family of Mia Soto's Familia. Mm -hmm. She was a New York City police officer that was killed in the line of duty last year in the Bronx. And we will be hosting... Uh, her three children, as well as two NYPD escorts for the entire weekend. That's great. If if people want to help financially with that, because I'm sure that's not an inexpensive proposition, is there something they can do? Yes, they can go to leoweekend.com, and directly on the homepage, there is a Donate Now button, and that is linked directly to our PayPal account. And we also have a GoFundMe, which is also found on the website, and they could uh, donate either way and... uh, Every donation goes directly to funding the the families. Not a single dime of any donations go into anyone's pockets. We do this all for free. And we here at Law Enforcement Today are very, very proud to be part of the sponsorship group behind the LEO Weekend. So you can also find details about the event from now up and through like the end of May, right here on the radio show and commercials. You can also find it on our website lawenforcementtoday.com. you also find them on our social media. Just make sure you like our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today. You'll probably find it on Instagram, Twitter as well. How long have you been an officer in the New York Police Department? So I've been a police officer for roughly three and a half years now. And that's exactly where I got the idea from in the first place. I was actually in the police academy 
when all of the high-profiled incidents were occurring around the nation back in 2014, uh, with the shootings of, quote-unquote, unarmed innocent civilians. And I was at the range, the shooting range, one day when we got word that there was a large protest that had broken out in New York City. And I could tell instantaneously that the stress levels on all of the instructors and the recruits skyrocketed. It was a very uh, troubling time. We as recruits weren't sure what we were going to have to do uh, because we we still are employees of the police department. And uh, even though we are recruits, in the past, they've had, they've used recruits for incidents like this, for traffic control, et cetera. And the range instructors were, were getting nervous because they now have to go and, you know, work overtime and put themselves in harm's way in a dangerous protest, as opposed to teaching us, the recruits, you know, how to properly use our firearms. So later that night when I got home, I did some research to try to find a event that allowed law enforcement officers the ability to, again, get away from their daily stress that they occur. And I couldn't really find much. There are, of course, seminar series that are out there, and there's, of course, the National Memorial Service that occurs in D.C. every year, but nothing like Leo Weekend. So I figured that I would make it myself, and I contacted the mayor of Lake George, uh, Bob Blaze, who happens to be a family friend of mine, and he's also retired law enforcement, and he loved the idea. And we started working on it. It took us about two years to really get the ball rolling and to uh, achieve our 501c3 status. We put together a fantastic group of individuals to uh, comprise our planning and logistics committee, and that is made up of both active and retired law enforcement officers from both the local municipalities and state municipalities, as well as the Chamber of Commerce and other local businesses. And everyone said that this was going to be a huge hit, which it was. Uh, We got the the media involved, and we've done so well that we even have some now great sponsors, just like Law Enforcement Today, and we're now working with the New York State Fraternal Order of Police and a few other great organizations, and we are sure that our next event, June 15th through the 17th, is going to be an amazing time. Folks, we are talking with Austin Glickman, NYPD officer and one of the founders and uh, directors of the Law Enforcement Officers Weekend, the second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend, coming up June 15th through 17th in beautiful Lake George, New York. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. 800-361-3491 That's 800-361-3491 We have a killer among us. It kills indiscriminately, without regard to age, gender, socioeconomic status, or race. 
This deadly problem has hit epidemic proportions. It's drug and alcohol abuse. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse, there is hope. Check out Serenity Oaks Wellness Center. Make the free confidential call for more information. 888-910-1680. That's 888-910-1680. Online at serenityoakswellness.com. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B. Find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 3ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.the3ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 3ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. Welcome back to the conversation on law enforcement today. I'm John J. Wiley. Joining us from the New York metro area, we have Austin Glickman. Austin, thanks for coming by on the phone, taking time out of your busy day. I understand you had a vet emergency with your dog. <laughs> I did. Right before we were actually supposed to come on with you about a half hour ago, my dog got into the garbage and uh, noshed on some bones that he wasn't supposed to. So I apologize for being a little late to the show. What is the dog's name? His name is Rocco, and he is a large mixed breed between a German Shepherd and a Golden Lab. Well, you give uh, Rocco a great big old slappy hug and kiss from us, and uh, we (laughs) hope that he recovers well. I'm so impressed with how you have taken on such a responsibility of creating the Law Enforcement Officers Weekend, and you're a young police officer. I don't mean young in years, but young in your career, about three years on, a little more than three years on the job. And the, by the way, the first five years, incredible learning curve. Uh, was that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would agree 100%. And it's uh, everything we learn in the academy, you think you've got it going on, you think you know what to expect, and you come out, you hit the streets, and it turns out you really don't have a clue. And uh, it, that's part of the appeal that I love so much about police work. Right. You know, when you go through the academy and you hit the streets for the first time, that's your first night out or your first day out, and you think you're ready to take on the world, and then 
you instantaneously get slapped across the face with reality. And you quickly learn that everything you learned in the academy is the textbook version of what you're supposed to do. But that's not how the real world works. I think that's, that's just another reason why Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is such an important event that everyone should, should attend. Because, uh, again, I don't want to keep you know, beating a dead horse here talking about stress, but stress is probably the number one factor in, in law enforcement-related suicides and, and, and other uh, you know, deaths and incidents that occur. And we as law enforcement officers, again, both active and retired, because unfortunately there's many of us that go you know, our entire lives with PTSD and we never talk to anybody, and then one day it just becomes too much. And it's events like these that allow us to de-stress, and that's such an important thing to do. I'm also an EMT, and I'm a volunteer firefighter, so I, I deal with these types of, of, of issues on you know, a daily basis. So I understand the importance of being able to just get away from everything that's occurring and, uh, and then just have a really fun, relaxing time with your friends and family. So in addition to being a police officer, you're an EMT, you're also a volunteer firefighter? Correct. And where do you find the free time to work on the LEO weekend? Well, LEO Weekend has pretty much become a second full-time job for me. When I'm not out on patrol, I am answering emails, I am making phone calls. I usually travel to and from Lake George there and back, which is about a four-hour drive for me. So I drive eight hours a day to just to go to a two-hour meeting, and I drive right back to New York. So it is time-consuming. It's not easy for those who want to get involved and help out. Um, we are always looking for help. We are always looking for people to help us spread the word uh, because I and the rest of my team cannot do this alone. But I find enough time in my day to do this because it's very important to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I've tell you from personal experience that um, we did something similar and nothing seems to help me more than spending time with my family members, brothers and sisters that are officers, doesn't matter where they worked. It reconnects with part of part of me that uh, will be part of part of my DNA for the rest of my life. I, like I was saying, is I bleed blue. I've been retired a long time, but still, uh, I'm very much a police inside and out. Yeah, I, I have to agree 110 percent with with that statement. Being a law enforcement officer, whether you're corrections, parole, a police officer, public safety, whatever your title uh, may be under your uh, you know state statutes. If you cross paths with another law enforcement officer, you instantaneously find a family member. Yes. Um, you know, we, we have our blood family, and then we have our blue family. And I would say 99% of the, of the time, we will go out of our way to help a fellow blue family member. And that's uh, so, what's so great about Leo Weekend is that there are, again, ranks of all types and there are representatives from every single agency throughout throughout the country that, that attend. And it doesn't matter if you know this person or if it's the first time you, you, you've met them, you instantaneously have a connection with them and you're able to relate in some way or another with the things that they've dealt with in their careers. And that is the, the icebreaker. And then the next thing you know, you're out on the, the front lawn of the hotel smoking a cigar with them, planning your next trip with their family. Such a great idea because stress is, by the way, such a a problem across many different types of employment across the United States. But in police work in general, for first responders, but police officers, I read something recently that said the the average age of 
for a police officer in the United States is 59. And the average age or life expectancy for males across the United States is 78. So, wow. Yeah, it's a, a huge difference. And we, we've got to be responsible in doing things that, that help us become healthier, trying to eat better, trying to exercise, trying to get a break away from all the stress. And I think this is where Elio Weekend really can be beneficial for active guys and their families. And I say guys, I mean men and women and their families and retirees, even like me, because it's so, it's so rewarding and refreshing to go out and hang out with a bunch of other, other law enforcement officers and their families. I wish I could go. Well, I, I hope you can come. Uh, we, we would love to have you. I got a uh, problem. I had a daughter getting married about two weeks before that in Buffalo, New York. So I don't know I can pull both. If I can, I will be there. Well, I, I hope we could we could definitely have you and the rest of the uh, Law Enforcement Today team because you guys have been instrumental with, with helping us out. Um, if people want to get more information about the LEO weekend, what do they do? It's got to be very simple. It is very simple. So we are... Uh, on social media, of course, uh, we have an Instagram page, which is L-E-O underscore weekend. And we have a Facebook page, which is at Law Enforcement Officers Weekend. So those are the two social media accounts that we run. And then the easiest way to find out all the information and to get a list of all the events, as well as a list of the participating hotels in the area that are giving discounts and all of the other information, including uh, our seminar series, and other special events that will be going on during the weekend, you can find all that information at www.leoweekend.com. And reminder, at the website, Leo Weekend, it's leoweekend.com, you can also make donations. That money goes to help bring family members of fallen officers for a weekend getaway. Yes, that is extremely important. We're always looking for more donations. We would love to host a secondary family. Last year, we were able to host two. But this year, because we're having a little hard time uh, collecting more donations, uh, we are reaching out far and wide to obtain as much donations as we can, whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars, every single dollar counts. Can corporations get involved with sponsorship as well to help out with that that portion of it? Yes, they sure can. So because we're a brand new organization, we've never really reached out to larger corporations for help. But now that we have a name behind our brand, and it's, it's growing, uh, we would love to start working with uh, any corporation and other organizations that are Leo-friendly. We would love to speak to them and, and, and get them involved. Austin Glickman, New York Police Department, one of the founders and creators and board of directors of LEO Weekend, Law Enforcement Officers Weekend, a second annual event coming up June 15th through the 17th in beautiful Lake George, New York. Get details at their website, leoweekend.com. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Jay. I really appreciate it. And there is one other thing I would like to bring up. Go right ahead. Because we are so grateful and thankful to law enforcement today for being a sponsor of LEO Weekend, we have created a special passcode or coupon that all of your members and viewers can use at our registration checkout. So if they type in the code LET18, they will get a $10 off coupon for every single registration. Thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate it, and we will talk to you very soon. All right. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Active shooters in the media, often known as mass shooters. That's coming up in just a few. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. As a small business owner, there's one word that you absolutely dread, payroll. For small businesses, it's a big burden. You may think you're saving time and money doing it yourself, but come on, are you? Timesheets, processing checks... 
calculating taxes a total waste of your time. Paychex simplifies payroll processing, saving you time and money. Submit your payroll online, fax it in, or call your dedicated Paychex payroll specialist. And you're done! Learn more at trypaychex.com. Come on, do the math. The IRS dishes out 8 million penalties a year. Make one mistake and you're on the hook. On average, you're losing nearly one business day every month doing payroll. That's time and money you'll never get back, unless you get paychecks. More than half a million small businesses already do. Call 877-375-3164. Trade payroll pressure for peace of mind. Call now, 877-375-3164. That's 877-375-3164. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is June 15th through 17th at beautiful Lake George, New York. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is a perfect relaxing getaway for law enforcement officers, active, retired, and their families. Get more information about events and activities online at leoweekend.com. Enter the code LET18 at checkout for special discounts. That's LET18 at checkout on leoweekend.com. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show brought to you in part by Galls. That's G-A-L-L-S dot com. They do a phenomenal job. They've been taking care of first responders, police officers, firefighters, EMTs for 50 years. Their online catalog has everything that active duty people, retirees like me, and even like people like my wife. Clothes they could wear outside working in the yard. They've got it all. Their customer service is incredible. Check them out online at galls.com. Joining us on the phone from the Metro New York area, James Gaffney. Or should I call you Jim? Which one's good? Whichever. Jim, all right. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, you are, in addition to being a phone interview, you're also a regular contributor to lawenforcementtoday.com writing articles. You're an active duty uh, law enforcement officer from Metro New York area. You won't say what agency, but you're getting ready to retire soon after about how many years in uh, police work? 40 years here. 40 years doing law enforcement? That's right. Oh, my goodness. And you and your eggs aren't totally scrambled? You still got... <laughs> You're still sociable, and you can talk to people, and of course, yeah. At, uh, people say that all the time. They're like, "It, it look, it does take a toll." Um, we're not here to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of your areas of expertise. In addition to being in law enforcement, you are also a, a college professor. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I like the concept of bringing the street into the classroom, and uh, this way, I have a firsthand conversation with um, my students who tend to be about twenty and thirty years of age. And it's very important that they understand the police side of handling and handling incidents. So it's been a very effective and ongoing way of uh, opening lines of communication with uh, my students. And where do you teach? I'm working in uh, I'm working at Berkeley College in uh, New York City, Midtown. Yeah, they're located in the uh, New York and New Jersey area. Okay, cool. So you've been teaching for a while as well. About eight years. During the, your time in law enforcement. You've begun to specialize in, in doing a lot of research 
about things like use of force, and could you elaborate on that a bit? Well, use of force is a hot topic. Uh, people don't understand an officer-involved shooting, and that is something uh, that uh, needs to be explained. That's one of the things that I do when I'm at school, because the students that I have can go one-on-one with me that I can explain why something uh, can be a proper shooting under the law at a time the person shot was found to be to be unarmed. Right. So you are supposed to learn learning school, and that's just one of the ways that you bring the street into the classroom. One of the things that that I take exception with, I see online a lot, especially in comments on posts, and they'll say, all these police are fearing for their lives. What is up with that? If they're that fearful, they shouldn't be on a job. You know what fear for your life means or fear of death or imminent bodily harm means. I know what that means. But a lot of people walking around, especially decision makers and policymakers and politicians, don't seem to have a clue. What is this principle that we're discussing? Well, it's actually a United States Supreme Court uh, decision, Graham versus Connor, and that's pretty much uh, what you just said. It has to do with the facts and circumstances known to the officer as he believed them to be at the time the incident was ongoing and continuing. And due to those facts and circumstances, at that time, the officer was justified in using deadly physical force. And the Supreme Court said before you're going to criticize somebody, what you had to do is you had to put yourself in that officer's shoes at that time the shooting occurred, and you have to see what he saw and, and hear what he heard, and you have to deal with the situation he had to deal with before you can decide whether or not his conduct was proper and reasonable. And is it also judged by the standards of what a reasonable, prudent officer would do? Well, of course, because use of force, which a lot of people do not understand, or deadly physical force, is justification of force, and it's justified because it's actually defensive in uh, nature. The officer is defending himself or somebody else. One of the ways I try to describe it to people is they'd say, you know, I don't get this fear for your life thing. And I would say, well, in court, when I testify, when someone shot at me, I could testify to what I witnessed them do. I could testify to what was happening. I couldn't testify to their presence of mind, but I could testify to mine and say, this is how I felt as a result of what I saw occurring. But they, right. you, you can't say, well, what were they thinking? Because that's obviously inadmissible. Exactly. Actions speak louder than words. You know, the number one rule out there for, for, for anybody, if an officer is approaching you and he happens to have his weapon draw, drawn and he's giving you a command, just follow through and everything will come to a peaceful solution. Yeah, Never it's amazing. Never an officer. It's amazing how, how, how and it, they could be as wrong as the day is long, but if they're at that threat level, perceived threat level, right. you've got to be compliant. You know, so many exactly. uses of force, deadly force and otherwise, could be resolved if the other party would just comply. Right. The big problem out there, and I understand the public's opinion on this, is that why are you stopping me? I didn't do anything wrong. And again, going back to the classroom, what I discuss with my students is it doesn't matter that the officer is stopping you and you're not the person. If you look like the person and you start arguing with him, you're sending him a message. He's stopping the right person. I said, you have to cooperate with the cop. He's stopping you because he believes you're the person he's looking for. There you go. And I love this one, too. (laughs) Terry versus Ohio, being you're in New York area, 
Right. One of the things we hear all the time is about stop and frisk. And you're saying, well, right. you know, our police shouldn't be doing stop and frisk, but the Supreme Court has said that it's legal and justified and that the officer has to have more than just a suspicion, has to have a reasonable suspicion, less than right. probable cause, and be able to articulate why you stop that person. Right. But people seem to think that stop and frisk is, I'm just picking you out and I'm putting you against the wall. Right, and that's not the, that's not the way it works. It's a very effective tool. I'm glad you cleared those things up because I'm just not that good at explaining legalese and uh, and especially how it translates into the public's perception of policing. We're going to take a short break. When we come back talking with Jim Gaffney, we're going to talk about something that's very much in the news right now. And police work, they call it active shooters. We're going to be talking about uh, school shootings, mass shootings, what can be done differently. And we're going to try to have this conversation in a way where we're not sitting in judgment of others because Jim, I've spoke to already, agrees with me. I don't like to criticize people from the comfort of my easy chair when I'm not on scene. Folks, you are listening to Law Enforcement Today. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is June 15th through 17th at beautiful Lake George, New York. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is a perfect relaxing getaway for law enforcement officers, active, retired, and their families. Get more information about events and activities online at leoweekend.com. Enter the code LET18 at checkout for special discounts. That's LET18 at checkout on leoweekend.com. This is an urgent health notice for all residents suffering from back, neck, knee, and wrist pain. You may qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you, but the deadline is fast approaching. Simply call the Health Alert Hotline now. You heard right. You may qualify for a pain-relieving back, neck, knee, or wrist brace. These items may even be covered by Medicare or your private insurance. The Health Alert Hotline is your brace company. These specialized braces have been tested for pain relief. Call us toll-free right now to determine your eligibility and to learn how to use your private insurance or Medicare to minimize your out-of-pocket cost. Don't wait. If the deadline passes, you may lose your opportunity to get a pain-relieving back, neck, knee, or wrist brace at little or no cost to you. 800-419-1964. 800-419-1964. That's 800-419-1964. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today show. Joining us, Jim Gaffney, calling from the New York City area. Uh, 40 years in law enforcement a professor at Berkeley College and an expert in use of force. And, and sad to say, you've you become an expert and researched things that we call active shooters, which in the media is known as what? Well, active shooter is somebody who's engaged in a, in a shooting where he has a good amount of people in a confined area, and that prevents him with the opportunity to fire on these uh, people. And then the question is, what, what always come, comes out is, why did this ha- happen? And the reason that 
is a it's an appropriate question because everybody is shocked. But what people don't realize is that a active shooter goes through stages or phases, and when he actually gets to the shooting, that was the last act. So there was there's a whole series of questions that we that we ask after the fact that if we started asking before the fact uh, of meeting the shooting and started looking into, there's a very good chance these incidents can be stopped before they begin. We always hear the, the interviews after these shootings. Uh, Parkland, Florida, horror what occurred right. there. But we always hear these interviews with neighbors and other things. They go, mm-hmm. I knew that boy was no good. I knew that he'd have a gun. I knew he'd do this. And yet it seems to happen all the time and if i'm reading you right we as society are not dealing with the threats beforehand the first phases right what happens is a person goes through changes and the people who are going to see these changes and are going to hear him make statements and see his conduct change and his his focus change are the people closest to him it's going to be his family it's going to be his friends. It's going to be the neighbors. It's going to be pe- pe- people at work. If this is a person going to school, it will be people at school. Those who have the closest interaction around this person will start seeing things and hearing things. And it's very normal for the public to think he was only kidding. He didn't mean it. And they let this go. And that's not, a criticize, that's not criticizing the public. They just don't realize that they may be dealing with somebody who is starting to develop in time into an active shooter. Now, this may not be the case, but if you start getting warning signs very early at this stage, this is the time to find out. The biggest problem is people don't know who to call, and that's what we need to straighten out. I know about the FBI in uh, the Parkland incident, and the one thing I have to say is that it was great that that person had reached out to the FBI, and we know what the FBI has said about not not following up on it. But to back it up a second, uh, the FBI did not know the shooter. The caller did the right thing, but had the caller known to call the local police department that had a history of over 30 incidents of domestic uh, incidents at the residence of the person who was going to become the shooter, that agency would have come up with a much better response because they knew the background and they knew what this person's personality was like. So we have to get people to contact the local police department. They have the most information if there's a history in place. And they they have the most knowledge of the the people. Very rarely does someone like that pop on the radar for the first time. They're known to law enforcement. That's not the fault. I mean, I think that person who reached out to the FBI, did uh, that was tremendous. It's just too bad he didn't know the best thing to do was to go local, give it to the local agency. And this person also, something in this guy's behavior, I, I always say, made the hair on his neck stand up, his or her neck exactly. stand up. And they, they trusted their, their God-given or nature-given instincts and acted on it, which is what we should yeah. all do. It was great. It in- was really great. Instead of explaining away, say... You know, if someone makes you uncomfortable, makes you feel fearful, that's a, that's an instinct that's helped us stay survive, uh, stay alive. If we're wrong, right. we can always apologize. If we're right and we ignore that, many people might die, which which was the case in this scenario. Exactly. 
I said, better to be safe than sorry. We don't want to, to overreact. But yet at the same time, uh, we have come into a new age where we, where we have to look at these things and we have to uh, consider these things. Because first of all, law enforcement has done an excellent job at stepping up and responding. Okay, they respond well, but the problem with response is that time is not an ally. When, when the police get the call that, that the shooting has begun, that means by the time law enforcement is on the way, people are already being shot. Right. People are already being injured. That is not the time to start. Law enforcement is response-oriented. Response if you give them the call, they will respond. But time is not an ally. You have to take into consideration prior to the police getting there, the shooter is likely to commit suicide. Or prior to the police getting there, people on scene will actually fight back and subdue the person. Or prior to the police getting there, the person leaves. So what percentile of incidents do you have where you have officers firing upon a shooter actively engaged in shooting other people and taking that person down. If you look at all the news stories, you don't hear about it happening much. It has happened, but it happens on the low percentile because officers, no matter how quick they get there, it's after the fact, and for the most part, it's over. And they can't see the future, and they can't, exactly. they can't prevent... Someone who is hell-bent on destruction... You could have a cop in every corner, and you still can't prevent everything. So the minute one cop turns and looks the other way or goes to the bathroom, then they, they act. So the people, people have a motive for doing this. Do you have any ideas as to why these active shooters commit such acts of atrocity? Well, there's, there's a different line of thought out there about you know, what is happening. Uh, some people will say it has to do with victimization or a sense of victimization. Another motivator is a perceived wrong. Uh, there is um, some thought that it has to do with fame, that is making a name for yourself. And then there is another incident, or I should say a motivation that's similar to fame, is that we have learned that potential shooters are studying active shooters before them, and if not only are they doing co- copycat, it seems like they're trying to outperform the people who have killed uh, uh, before them. It looks like they're looking forward to the new score. I've, I've so read that it, before. I've seen those reports. Why is yeah. it we, we as a society never seem to hear that in the news? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I just know from this, this side of it, whatever the reason is, reason alone is not enough because you have to be prepared. The way that this works is it goes through fantasy thoughts. That's the first stage. From there, it becomes real, where a person starts to plan. Once he has his plan, then he gets to preparation. All these three stages, first have, first have having thoughts, that might be a medical situation, and, and that's all it is. But now when you change over to a plan, now you have criminal conduct. And now when you prepare, it's even at a higher level. But that's three phases this person just went through, and he's not prepared to fire on anybody. He's, he has a plan, and he's prepared to do something, but he's not prepared to act. If information comes back to the local agencies 
that they can follow up on these things and maybe put things together, this incident, if it's going to be an active shooter incident, can be stopped before it begins. Any idea how many of these incidents were prevented? I don't know, but I know there have been a host of them throughout the country. And um, like a school is not going to announce that because it looks bad. But, you know, there have been a lot of incidents stopped. You know, if you provide information, then you can stop it. The one exception, sadly enough, is that it's Sandy Hook. The day of Sandy Hook, when uh, 26 people were killed, 20, 20 children and six staff, on that same day in Bartersville, Oklahoma, the police there stopped a potential active shooter who was in the process of planning to carry out a, a, an attack at the high school. On the same day? On the same day. They did something so, right, obviously, and something slipped through the cracks at Sandy Hook. No, not really. If you look at it, it's, if we're going to ask ourselves, who did a better job? Newtown, who responded after the fact, meaning shots fired, and they responded after the fact, and we know about the tragedy, or Bartersville, who stopped it before it began. Who did the better job? And I'll tell you, they both did all they could do. Yeah, I, I agree. I get your point 100% and agree to 100% because police react to information given to them. Right. The difference is between Oklahoma and Sandy Hook was information was delivered at different stages of the event, it one was, before and one during. Hour, it was done in a 48-hour period. They started an investigation on December 12th and they apprehended um, the potential shooter Friday morning. One of the things that I, I try not to get involved in, and I know we seem to get sucked into it all the time when these things happen, is uh, we get sidetracked on discussions about guns and Second Amendment and all these other things. And one of my questions I always have is, why is it easier for someone who has the intention of committing mass murder to sneak a weapon, whether it be a rifle, a pistol, a machete, a knife, or pressure cooker into a school than it is to sneak one into a jail? Well, the thing is, it's a plan. And they know the school, they know the way in, they know the way out. This is a plan. It's not somebody just going off and shoot, shooting people. This is a plan. And if they have to bring thing, things in, they bring things in in a way they are undetected that they can carry out the plan. Jim, we are going to have to have you back on as a guest because I know we've only begun to scratch the surface of this conversation, and there's so many other things to do. People can read your articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You're getting ready to transition into retirement, but not totally retired. You're, you're leaving police work, and you're going to be a full-time professor. Am I correct? I'm doing that, and I'm not walking away from, from, from this. Uh, I, I can do more with... Uh, the concept, the concept of active shooter. If I retire and I just uh, step forward and get more deeply involved in this topic, because it's now something that's come to the forefront. That no matter who who you are, you realize that we have to have an organized system on on the local level that we can do what on a federal on a federal level that Homeland Security is doing. On a local level, we have to get it together. Jim Gaffney, thanks so very much. I appreciate everything, and I appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you.
If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest, contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the Contact Us tab. Send an email to me, jay at lawenforcementtoday.com or robert at lawenforcementtoday.com. You can also send a message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram and all that stuff too. On behalf of everyone associated with law enforcement today, I'm John J. Wiley. Till next time, see ya.